Welcome to SL Advisors Talks Energy. I'm Simon Lack. At SL Advisors, we invest in energy infrastructure. We read about energy. We talk to people in the energy sector. We write about energy. We explore how the shale revolution is leading to American energy independence and how climate change is impacting how energy is produced and used. Nothing we say should be construed as a sale of securities, which can only be made through the relevant prospectus. In this week's podcast, I'm going to explain why reduced energy output is good for investors. It's enormous. It's phenomenal. It's historical. <laughs> so, so enormous. For the first time, we really have a major chance to reduce climate change and ensure a safe and happy future for my three kids and all kids in the world. That's Donald Poles, director of the Dutch chapter of Friends of the Earth. He's ecstatic about a Dutch court ruling that requires Royal Dutch Shell to cut its carbon emissions faster than they planned. It's the first time a court has imposed such a requirement on a company. Also last week, shareholders in Chevron voted to require the company to set strict emission targets on the oil and gas it sells. And ExxonMobil, an activist hedge fund, won support for two of its proposed directors to join the board. Environmental activists hailed all three developments as great victories. They want less supply of fossil fuels. Most of their efforts are focused on constraining supply, not demand. It's much easier to target big companies than the hundreds of millions of people who buy their products. So far, apart from some Tesla buyers, there's not much evidence that consumers want to pay more for energy and what it brings. Renewables and electric vehicles all rely heavily on subsidies because without those, their economics would be unattractive. There's not much wrong with that as a matter of public policy, but it does reveal that public concern about climate change is wide but shallow. People care until it starts costing them money. The big failure of environmental extremists is that they can't get consumers to push for change through their choices of goods and services. Customers aren't clamoring for electricity that's powered by solar and wind, so extremists instead pressure the suppliers. Personally, I hope my electricity supply always comes from burning natural gas because it's much more reliable than solar panels and windmills. If I had to choose between the two, I'd pay more for natural gas generated power because I'd have far less risk of losing power if it wasn't sunny or windy for a while. So the company is uh, positioned to take advantage of the fundamentals that continue to develop very strongly. Those fundamentals are uh, high prices on a global basis today. In Asia, prices are now significantly over $9 for the balance of the year. In Europe, they're significantly over $8 for the balance of the year. That was Sharif Suki. He's CEO of Tellurian, a company that's planning to build a facility to export U.S. liquefied natural gas, or LNG. Suki already did this before at Chenier, which has grown into a leading LNG exporter. So during a week that saw environmental extremists score three victories, Tellurian signed a 10-year deal to export LNG to a company in Asia. Their stock price jumped over 20% on the day that this was announced. Full disclosure, we're invested in Tellurian. What makes this work is that natural gas prices in Asia are much higher than in America. 
the pressure on companies like Exxon and Chevron to reduce their output is allowing prices to drift up because demand is continuing to grow, driven by the strong desire of developing countries to raise living standards. So although it sounds counterintuitive, environmental activists are turning out to be good for energy investors, although not necessarily for people who own Exxon or Chevron. Because demand is continuing to grow while supply is being held back, it makes it more likely that energy prices will move higher. With all the focus on ESG and in particular the environmental uh, consequences of uh, utilizing energy, uh, there is now a carbon price in Europe that is significant and reflects the, the social cost of carbon at about $60 a ton. That puts a floor on global gas prices because when you have the increase in electricity that we're witnessing, uh, the choices in the short term are extremely simple. It's either coal or gas. Windmills will do their part, but only on a very small scale, and nuclear will not be ready for many years to come. Natural gas remains the world's best chance to reduce CO2 emissions. Using less coal to generate power is how America has achieved most of its success in lowering emissions. European natural gas prices are often $8 or more per million BTUs versus around $3 in the US. The Europeans are requiring Royal Dutch Shell to lower its production of oil and gas, but they still need plenty of it, which is why they're importing it from Russia and from the US through Chenier. Tellurian is another company recognizing this opportunity. Gunvor, the commodity firm that signed the 10-year natural gas deal with Tellurian, is probably congratulating themselves on good timing because the news of last week makes their side of the deal look just a little more attractive. They're locking in supply at a time when demand is growing and supply isn't. Natural gas is the key to reduced emissions, so it's good to be invested in it for that reason alone. But if environmental extremists work to limit its supply, the price in Europe and Asia will rise. And that's good for investors in U.S. natural gas production. Thank you for listening to SL Advisors Talks Energy. To find more episodes like this one, go to our website, sl-advisors.com. There you can sign up for our blog, watch videos and webinars. Follow us on iTunes and Spotify and follow us on Twitter, at Simon Lack.